0: Alrighty, first Corinthians chapter twelve let's I just read verse one to start with here uh, but, but uh, verse one now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant All right I'm going to quickly just kind of nail down again and review for a minute or two what we've already talked about. Uh, we're not to be ignorant about the matter of spiritual gifts. that's the source of a lot of the trouble and problems in this matter in the churches. Shouldn't be ignorant. Shouldn't know what they are. Yes. You ought to know by now what a spiritual gift is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this if you just listen to what we've been talking about for the last two weeks, three weeks, sorry. They're not to be confused with superstition or superstitious practices because he said in verse 2 there, you know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols even as you were led So that gets it across to us real clear that spiritual gifts have no association at all with the works of the devil or with our past lives and abilities and all the things we've learned before we were saved. Spiritual gifts have nothing to do with all of that. We don't bring nothing with us into the kingdom of God. We don't bring our sin and neither do we bring anything else. Any man being Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, right? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So, everything about us is new. We don't drag a bunch of junk that we think is worthwhile into the kingdom of God with us. And so, it's separate. Spiritual gifts are separate from what we've always known in the past, in the way we've always judged things, in the way we've always. Believed about things, all of our superstitions and wives' tales and, and just impressions of things that we've taken on. It takes a long time to weed all of that out of us. Their source, spiritual gifts, the source of them is the Holy Spirit of God. not human, Not the human mind or the human will or our own skills that we've learned or our natural talents. Did you ever hear anybody say, boy, he'd make a good preacher. Boy, if he'd just get right, God could really use him. you ever hear that? Oh, yes. Or boy, they can really sing. If they just sang in church, so the Lord could really use that talent of theirs. But it's not that way at all. Not that way at all. A lot of people do that. But it's not a spiritual gift if it's a natural talent. It's not a spiritual gift. Right. Yeah. We say people are gifted. Well... I wouldn't argue with that. Some people can sing better than other people can sing. Some people can do a lot of things. They can play better than other people can play an instrument. But uh, but uh that doesn't mean that's a spiritual gift. No. So we got to separate it out from the carnal. Spiritual and carnal are opposites. And so we can't have a spiritual gift that has a carnal source or springs from some carnal source. Now... Spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the Spirit of God, revealing the revealing of His hand so that men can see and experience His presence together as a church. Spiritual gifts, as he's talking about them here, are mainly it mainly concerns the assembly together of the local church and what goes on there and the influence we have on one another there. Spiritual gifts, that's where they operate in this realm that he's talking about right now. Uh, spiritual gifts are the Spirit of God working through those whose hearts are yielded to God for the furtherance of the kingdom of God and the edification of the church. That's what spiritual gifts are. They're the working of the Spirit of God through someone in the church for the edification of the church and for the the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Spiritual gifts are for the purpose of of profiting. It's given to every man. To profit withal. But it's to pro- not to profit him. It's to profit the kingdom of God. To grow the kingdom of God. To further the kingdom of God. To edify the church. It's profiting the kingdom of God. Not the glorification of any person. No spiritual gift is given. Or exercised. For the glorification of a person. We, don't, we say, to God be all the glory, as, as we listen to the applause. <laughs> to God be the glory. Well, that's so absurd to me, because if everybody's applauding, it's not God getting the glory. That's why, they, that's why I don't like applause in church. That's a worldly thing. That's the way the world praises. Don't belong in church. We used to listen to these old radio programs. Most of you probably don't even know who Lum and Abner are, but they were an old radio program back in the thirties and forties and like that. And on one of those programs, they were in church, and this burlesque dancer woman came through town. They were talking about it, and they were talking about you know, did you see her in church yesterday? And and then one of them said, "Did you see what she did after they sang the special in church yesterday?" she applauded she hadn't been in <laughs> you can tell she hadn't been in church we knew then had, that's the world back then see knew that now that's the thing you do in church used to just <laughs> rackle my hide when we were in church and and there was one woman in the church and just as soon as it you know just like and it just like Argh! stop it <laughs> It's offensive to me. Yes. It is. Yes. You got a mouth, you got a tongue, and that's what you're to praise God with. Yes. Yes. Use that mouth. Yes, if, you, if, you, if it's a blessing to you, say praise the Lord. Right. Or say, you know, hallelujah. Yep. Thank you, Lord. You can say things like that. Yep. That's the thing to do in church. Sure. Not applause like at a ball game or an actress or a, <laughs> a drama of some kind. Oh my, spiritual gifts are for the purpose of profit in the kingdom of God. And we've got to keep these important facts in mind as we look at these particular spiritual gifts we're going to look at here tonight and mentioned in the scriptures. The spiritual gifts specifically mentioned, There's several of them. We're not going to go through them all tonight. I'm just going to go through three or four real quickly. But by no means all that the Spirit of God uses... These gifts named here are not all the spiritual gifts. I suppose they'd be endless if we tried to find them all out. But the first spiritual gift mentioned here is the word of wisdom. Verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. All right, the word of wisdom. Well, what does that mean? Well, you see these charismatics, like Kenneth Copeland and those kind of people. They call it the word of, what do they call that? Word of prophecy? You know, where they say, I've got a word from God. Everybody listen. I've got a word from the Lord. That's not what this is. Now, that's what they're claiming that it is. But it's not. No, it's not. Let me, quickly. This, the, one is given by the Spirit the Word of Wisdom. Alright, that's what the Bible says. Now, this is the ability to explain and make clear the ways of God and to explain the Gospel and the mysteries of God that He has revealed in His Word. Some people can do that. Other people cannot do that. They're not good at it. They're not, they just can't do it. Let me see if I can explain a little better. Not everyone is able to do this effectively because it is a spiritual gift. And the only way that it can be effective is if the Spirit of God is involved in it. If the Spirit of God is the source of the word of wisdom. If if it's just a word that you've learned because you read a book or because you went to school, or because somebody else told you, then it's not the spiritual gift of the Word of Wisdom. That means that it's not learned or acquired through instruction from other men. You got a gift, some people have a gift of the Word of Wisdom. That means they can, when they speak and say things, it's just clear. Now, you all know what I'm talking about, don't you? You've been around people that just, I have. I've been around people that when they speak, it's just not nonsense. It's just not a bunch of fill. With little few words, and they say a lot. Or they're able to just speak a word or two to help you to understand whatever the subject is about the Lord. You know, I've thought about all these things I'm going to talk about here tonight, and I, I've thought about this. You know, no man has ever, uh, by his power, done anything to change me or to teach me anything. Mm -hmm. They've been a help, and they've been a a vessel that God used, but it was God who did the work in me. Mm -hmm. And it's that way with you, and it's that way with everybody, with all the work God does. God does the work in you. It's not a man who does the work in you by teaching you or by instructing you or by correcting you. He says things to you in wisdom if the Spirit of God is involved. And He sows the seed in you and God gives the increase of wisdom and everything else. Everything. Many understand and get a grasp on these things, words of wisdom. You know, when we preach, or anybody else preaches, everybody's listening. Y'all looking at me, you look like you're listening. People can look that way and not be listening at all. I know that. But I believe y'all try to listen. And you hear, and most of the time, you act like you agree and receive it and understand it. But how much do you keep of it? And not only that, but I'm touching on the next one there, but if you, but how many of you can take what the Lord helps you to understand and then go out and explain it to somebody else? It's kind of hard, ain't it? It's hard for me. I have to hear it, hear it, hear it. I have to study, study. I have to, I have to go over it, over it, and over it. And there's a lot of things that are foundational that I still... I have to refresh my mind on it often in order to still be able to articulate what, I, what needs to be said. Now, this is included. The word of wisdom is included in the gift of prophecy because the gift of prophecy is to be able to convey with words the truths of God to other people... So that they understand. And you know I'll jump ahead. But in this chapter. And in chapter 14. He talks about prophecy. Being the one to be desired. Above everything else. You know follow after charity. And desire spiritual gifts. But, it, but prophecy is the one. That he puts his finger on the most. That's what you need to know. Have. That's what the gift you need to. Seek after the most. The gift of prophecy. In yourself. Well, no, I'm not necessarily. In the in the, in others, mm-hmm. do you seek out good preaching? Yes, what yes. do you consider good preaching? Just lively? No. I mean, do you do you? Is, does it make it? Well, I'm telling you, that's the way a lot of people do. A lot of people like hackers. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't like that preaching where every other word's bless God this. And then, huh, you know, a hacker is one that goes, huh, huh, and, you know, in between every three or four words. I don't like that kind of preaching. But a lot of people, that is preaching. You ain't preaching if you ain't hacking. And that's the truth. I'm just telling you the truth people like preaching that is just exciting or that just repeats the same things they like to hear the same clichés and the same ways of saying the same blah 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 but what kind of preaching do you really I mean I've always sought after the kind of preaching that says something that is saying something yes sir and dealing with the root of things and not just not just a glory you know a glory meeting You know, get over close to the spout where the glory comes out. You know, what in the world is all of that (laughs) about? You heard that, ain't you? Lots of times. That'll just make the meeting if somebody says that. You've been to church. No, the gift of prophecy is, is totally different. And it's not as common as everybody thinks it is. It's not as plentiful and available as everybody thinks it is i'm I've been in this like forty five years now and and man, I'm telling you, I can about count on my fingers and toes the number of times I've been in church where I really felt like God really i mean listening to somebody else where where it really spoke to my heart, and I remember that message and and it did something for me now. The gift of prophecy is to be able to convey with words the truths of God to other people so they understand. You ever go to church and then when you leave, you just feel like, what was that all about? I don't remember nothing he said. I've done that a lot. I went to church and thought, what was that message about? Because it was just like somebody with a, a machine gun just shooting everywhere. Just whatever flew over, they shot at it. There wasn't no wasn't no organization, no structure to it, there wasn't no subject, you just start, start in and just holler about everything you can think of until you run out of breath or everybody quits listening. <laughs> We've all seen this gift exercise and know very well what it's about. If you're listening the way I'm trying to explain it here, you know what, what, what it is. And you know, you've experienced it. We've all experienced the great difference between, between a Bible teacher or preacher when he teaches or preaches with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and when he does it with only his skills and talents. Jesus said again, I read this verse last week in John chapter 6 verse 63, it is the Spirit that quickeneth. That means gives it life. Uh, invigorates it, gives it the power. It's the spirit. The flesh profiteth nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The flesh profiteth nothing. What are we giving what are we giving spiritual gifts for? To profit with them. Yes, sir. And the flesh profiteth nothing. So the spiritual gifts don't have anything to do with the flesh. The words that I speak, Jesus said. The words that I speak unto you, they're spirit and they're life. It is the work of the Spirit of God that makes the words effective and not the abilities or skill or the natural talent of the speaker. But what, does, what do most people look for? Skill, talent. You know what most churches require if they're in need of a pastor? Well, he's got to have uh, this kind of degree and that kind of degree and he's got to have this experience and that experience. He's got to qualify. He's not qualified. Not one word ever in any of those things about being filled with the Spirit or anything like that. Right? That's right. right. Yep. Yeah. 1 Corinthians. So not everyone has the gift of the word of wisdom even though he may be saved and walking with God I'm not saying people don't have the gift of the word of wisdom or lost, no because that, now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit there are di- uh, differences of administrations but the same Lord and there are div- diversities of operations but it is the same God which worketh all in all that's in <coughs> verses 4 and 6, so not everybody has the gift of the word of wisdom we have different gifts We have different operations and differences of administrations. The second spiritual gift he mentioned there in the same verse is the word of knowledge. Well, that's the ability to retain knowledge of spiritual things more than others. How much do you retain of the things you learn from the Spirit of God? How much do you retain? Not everyone can remember the things they hear concerning facts or knowledge that are presented to them. You know, it'd be embarrassing if I asked you what I preach on last Sunday morning or Sunday before last. Yeah. Or maybe even what did you read in the Bible yesterday? Or not that you didn't read but you don't remember what you read. And if you could go back and dig and find it, you'd say, yeah, I remember. Now I remember. Of course. Is that right? That's the way we are. That's why there's a spiritual gift that the Bible calls the word of knowledge. There's some people a lot better at that than other people. Have you noticed that? There's some people that can remember things and remind us of those things. That's very profitable, isn't it? It's profitable to the church. It's profitable and edifying for each one of us to have someone who can remember things and help us to remember them. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. I think most of us can identify here. We have a hard time remembering things and keeping them in order and in their proper place in our lives. It's a major thing that I... Uh, focus on a lot and think about a lot is you and myself retaining these things that we talk about here and applying them in our lives Mm -hmm. is it all just noise and we say yeah amen yeah Well, and that's the end of it doesn't go anywhere doesn't affect anything really anymore in our homes (laughs) dealing with our children in our marriages and all these things we talk about and does it really change anything? Or we just sit here and listen to it? And go home and forget about it. Mm-hmm. Gift of the word of knowledge. The Spirit of God has this gift operating in a church. Like this church. Yeah. There will be somebody or somebody's who can remember and bring it up. And who can remember it when they get home and put that knowledge to use. What happens about knowledge if you don't use it, you lose it? Ain't that the truth? Yep. That's the way it is with these phones and every other gadget and every kind of job you do. I can work on something and get real familiar with it. Something electronic or something mechanical. And I've got her down the time I get it fixed. But then it don't break for two years. I done forgot everything that I learned. Forgot what I found out and what I did. And yeah. The journal thing, that helps me a lot. Things like that I write down. Things that I know that I'm going to encounter again. And it was so much trouble to find that knowledge. And I'm keeping it. I'm going to put it somewhere where I can find it again without all this trouble. See? It works that way in the spiritual realm. And God puts this gift to work in a church. So... There's some people who can remember and then remind others of their of certain knowledge or understanding that they've heard and accepted, but have let slip from their conscious mind, see? That's what I am just talking about. The gift is also an operation when somebody finds knowledge that others have overlooked or have never known. Well, it's not what you find by reading some old book. Now, those things are blessings and edifying and helpful, but... But what we're talking about here is a spiritual gift. We're not talking about somebody's diligent study or, or skill that they've developed in right. gathering. It's, we're not talking about somebody's body of knowledge that they've gathered together. We're talking about a spiritual gift. And a spiritual gift is an operation of the Spirit of God, right. not from the mind of men. Not from the skill or the ability or the natural talent of men. (coughs) The gift is a spiritual gift. And so the most important quality here is that the knowledge they've acquired (coughs) has come through the Spirit of God and not other men. Do you all get what I'm saying to you? Do you know what it's like when God shows you something? When you find something out and it wasn't something somebody else told you. And it wasn't something you read in a book. It's just from reading scriptures and just all of a sudden, this and this go together. And it's, huh, what about that? You ever have that happen to you? Well, that's what we're talking about here. The gift of knowledge. The spiritual gift of knowledge. That's the way it works. And they can can share that and help other people with it. If God shows you something, it's to profit with them. To profit the church. The kingdom of God. To edify one another with It's the Spirit of God that's revealed to their mind this knowledge which is then verified as true by the Word of God. Alright, now there's two more I want to talk about. And they're real important. The third spiritual gift. Verse 9. To another, (coughs) faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. So, this presents a conflict unless you rightly divide the word of truth. Faith and trust in God is not something that is given to us from God as a gift. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It's a command. It's what we must do. It's our response to the gospel. Faith. We've got to believe. And God don't do that for you. I don't care if a hundred thousand Calvinists says it, that he does. He doesn't. Faith is not the gift of God. In Ephesians, it is, that's not what it's referring to. Faith is not the, the, the object of those verbs. If God gives faith, then why don't He give it to everybody? Exactly. Yes. That means He's not just. That's basic. False doctrine. There's the tag on it. The red light. Red flag. It's Not true. God doesn't give us our faith. The Bible tells us exactly how it comes about. God doesn't make us believe. He doesn't trick us into believing. He doesn't trick us into trusting Him or bribe us into trusting Him. But, however, Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. Now, can you, can you swallow them both at the same time? He's the author of it, yes. <laughs> How could I ever believe in Him if He wasn't even there? If he hadn't done what he's done, if he hadn't given me something to believe in, how could I believe? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's a, I mean, that's as clear as you can get. The Bible tells us where faith comes from: hearing, and hearing from the by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. But it's undeniable that there is that there is something special about the faith of some people isn't it are we all equal when it comes to faith in god Mm -hmm. well no we know that we know that's the way it is we're not all equal we're not all in the same place we don't all have the same quality of faith Now, there's saving faith, but I'm talking about something more, more. What does it mean that you grow from faith to faith? There's more to faith than just saying, yes, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus died for my sins and that he rose again. There's more to faith than that. This is talking about a spiritual gift, and he says the gift of faith. Now, the difference between faith and people is that some people realize God's response to their faith much more than other people do. This is something I don't know if you, you know, how many of you'll get what I'm trying to say. You better listen close. Most people have been taught to simply trust what the Word of God says about them believing, and that's as far as they ever reach. The Bible says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Now, did you call on the name of the Lord? Yes. Well, then you're saved. You don't believe the Bible? And that's it. They make that faith. That's not it. There's multitudes going to be in hell because people like that telling people such shallow lack of wisdom and understanding about the gospel. Let me tell you something. They've never had the confirmation of their faith that comes from God. And in the new birth, there's something comes from God yes. to you. Absolutely. Yes. Or you're not born again. Mm-hmm. I believe, I believe, I believe. But until that answer comes back yeah. to your soul, yes. your believing ain't going nowhere. <coughs> The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Spirit of, the the spiritual gift of faith. Hmm. Faith's not just one, one, you know, it's not just a one-way thing. I've skipped a line here. I'm trying to go back and get it because it's important. Faith's not just a one-way thing. For us to believe in God is only part of faith. Right. Did you ever see a marriage ceremony where, the, where only the wife said the vows? husband didn't say anything. He stood there. <laughs> when the wife said her vows, then the preacher said, You're married! <laughs> is that the way it works? No. No, it's mutual, isn't it? Well, how in the world do you think you're going to enter into the covenant of salvation with God... With no response from Him? Right. Yeah, not gonna work. No. no. <laughs> That's the light that, shi- that bursts into your soul. Yes. It's when God responds to your faith. <laughs> I believe in you. And God says, I'm believing in you. Amen. <laughs> I'm believing that what you're saying, yes. you're going to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. And when that happens... There's just like... You know, I don't know if any of you have seen it a few years ago. I did. But they they showed that at the moment of conception, there's a little spark of light. They detected. Y'all get that? Mm -hmm. When does life begin? I've known Baptist preachers that said it only began when that baby drew its first breath. So they were okay with abortion. I'm not kidding and I'm not making it up. It's a fact. True. No, that baby's a, a soul. It, well, before I was even formed in the womb, G- uh, David said, my members were all, God had my members all written down in heaven. I already existed. <laughs> well, that's the way it is with salvation too. See, there's a, there's a spark of light that happens there. And most people never, never find it. Others, through the Spirit, realize God's response to their faith in a more vivid and real way. Now the other part is that God lets us know that He has faith in us also. More, the more fully, we're talking about faith, trust, confidence. Casting ourselves upon Him. The more fully we trust Him, the more He will reveal Himself to us. In ways that He simply just doesn't do to other people. He can't do to other people because there's no, there's the lack of faith or the quality of the faith. Them that are weak in faith, there's weak faith. Yeah. It may be saving faith, but weak faith. <laughs> Shaky. It keeps you from knowing God as intimately as you can. Know uh, God. The more fully we trust Him, the more He'll reveal to us, Himself to us, in ways He simply does not and cannot for others. It's, it's a whole lot like a, a man and woman who get married. Their relationship is based upon mutual trust. The greater the trust, the greater the intimate knowledge of one another. Adam knew his wife. Well, that means more than what everybody thinks. It's, it's trust, faith, confidence, commitment. That's what faith is. When it says that, uh, many of them, many of the Jews that were there, believed on Jesus, but He did not believe in them. He didn't commit to them. Same word, both places. Believe, commit. He didn't. He didn't believe in them because He knew what was in them. They weren't sincere. They weren't real. <clears throat> so the faith didn't get them anywhere. See. <coughs> The spiritual gift of faith is the working of the Holy Spirit to reveal to others what faith can be like for them through the example of the one who has a closer walk with God. I'm glad I've run into some people that had the gift of faith. The spiritual gift of faith. It inspired me. They didn't do anything for me. They didn't inject or infuse or invest power in me. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. But looking at them... And hearing the words and watching them and seeing their faith helped me because it allowed God to work something in me because it opened a door in my soul for God to do something. It made me hunger for something more than what I had. I seen there was more to be had and I wanted it. And that makes God able to do something for you. The gift of faith is the inspiration to believe God that radiates from our life by the working of the Spirit of God. Man, I'm saying so much here, I don't know. The fourth spiritual gift, we'll hurry here, but, but it's important too. He talks about the gift of healing. Now that's a good one, ain't it? The gift of healing. We've been sick. Everybody here has been sick, sick, sick. We just can't shake the sickness off. We need somebody that's got the gift of healing so we can get rid of this stuff. Right? I mean, if this is a major gift of the Spirit that you can just slap somebody and that's it. They're healed. We can just walk up and heal. Knock you down on the floor, and you're but you're okay. Why don't we do that then? Because it's a lie and it's not real. And it's a perversion of the truth and a perversion of the spiritual gift of healing. The gift of healing works the same as all these other spiritual gifts that we've been talking about. And it has the same purpose also. It's a spiritual gift. It's not a skill. It's not something learned. It's not a talent. It's not something given so you can be glorified of yourself. It's not something that everybody can glory in. It's not physical. It's not carnal. The spiritual gift of healing to heal carnal bodies? That's No. Yeah, what in the world? How is it that we just can't keep from mixing the flesh and the, and the spirit all together all the time? Can't separate them apart and see what's what? Because too many are walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. Man is has more to be healed than his physical body. He has a sick soul and a broken heart and a defiled mind and an evil conscience and all the collateral damage that comes with all of those things. That's why the world is in the mess that it's in and that's why life is so hard and so full of trouble and pain and sorrow and tears and grief. Because we got lots of problems that are not healed. Right. A lot of sickness, a lot of wounds yes. that are not healed. And all we can think about is the body, the body, the body. You're right. Prayer lists are nothing but physical sickness most of the time. Every once in a while, we'll talk about somebody's loss and we need to pray for them. But most of the time, it's I got a cold, I got the flu, I got COVID, I got cancer, I got some <coughs> physical problem. Well, now we are to pray for that. And we're to be concerned about that. I'm not saying that all that don't count and it's not important and we shouldn't even pray for one another being sick. I'm not saying that. If any man be sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. And we're to pray. We do pray for those that are sick. And we covet the prayers, if that's a good way to put it. I've always wondered about that i covet your prayers. I about this send them. I'd appreciate it if you'd pray for me. Thou shalt not covet. This kind of sounds wrong. Man has more to be healed than his physical body. Yet when the word healing is mentioned, people are almost always referring to or they think. Automatically, exclusively to the healing of the physical body. When we talk about healing, you automatically think of the body. Isn't that right? yes. I mean ninety-nine out of a hundred people at least, when you say that word, they're gonna think of my body, my sickness, or I'm hurt, or something like that. And healing is when God or somebody just fixes it for you. Um uh, We can be healed in our soul and still be sick in our body. Proverbs uh, 18, I'm sorry. Proverbs 18, verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. So which is more important? Sickness in the body? Wound in the body? Or the sick soul? (laughs) The wounded soul. We can be healed both spiritually and physically and you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to die. Anyway. Your body's going to die. It doesn't matter how many times you get healed. Was you really healed? You're still going to die. I'd say you're not healed. I'd say at least that's a a secondary of importance. Yeah. So... Um, uh, I keep losing my place here. The, obviously, the prophecies of healing in the Old Testament about Christ referred much more to the spiritual man than to the physical man. Yes. And that's absolutely true. The physical healing that Jesus did and that God does for us, because we be- I believe God heals. In fact, I think God's the only one that heals. Yes. That's just how I see the whole thing here and I'm fixing to read you a scripture here. But the, the physical healing that Jesus did and that God does for us is because of His mercy and His compassion on us and not really connected with a spiritual gift. Why did Jesus heal the lepers and the blind men and all of the sick people? Why? Because He had compassion on them. That's Why? It wasn't to prove anything. It was just, you know, how can I not help you? That's Jesus. Right. <laughs> and then we want that power. Right. And then we're, we are we got to figure out some way to, that some of us can do that too because we want to see power at work. Right. <laughs> Wrong motive. That wasn't Jesus' motive at all. He didn't even think about that. That was not in his mind at all. He saw a blind man. Right. And he had compassion on him. He saw a, a woman with an issue of blood. He saw a boy was, that was full of the devil and, and pining away and casting himself and cutting himself, all of that stuff that they did. And he had compassion on them and healed them. That's why he does it now. Mm. <laughs> That's right. it's really now I'm going to say this I mean it's going to curse some people the wrong way but God doesn't heal people for any spiritual profit or benefit mm, yeah. does he heal people? yes I believe he does but he does it because of his compassion That's right. and his love That's right. and his mercy mm-hmm. not because he's going to try to get you to believe People don't believe miracles anyway. It doesn't do them any good. Jesus did all the miracles and they all forsook Him and fled. (coughs) Doesn't matter what He'd done for some of them. There's more confusion over this spiritual gift than any other unless it be the gift of tongues. What a perversion of the truth to portray the gift of healing as a supernatural power possessed by a mere man to smite or to speak and cure an illness or heal a wound in another person. Mm-hmm. What a perversion of the truth. Right. Yes, sir. The gift of healing is the work of the Spirit of God through us that lets us have a part yes. in the healing of a soul. You better listen to that. Remember that. Or the healing of a wounded soul. The spirit, the gift of healing. It's just that... And let me say this. It's uh, it's it's the Spirit of God using one of us to speak or to do the things that the sick or wounded soul needs to hear. Now, God could do the healing by Himself and leave us completely out of it. He wouldn't have to give exercise anything through us for that person. He can just do it and let everything go. But because spiritual gifts are a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, He includes us in His work of grace in order to reveal Himself more clearly. How did you first see Jesus? You've seen Him in somebody else. That's how you first came in contact with him. <laughs> that's true. You've seen him through some spiritual gift that he was working through some other person. That's how you seen him to start with. And that's why he does this. That's why he does these things this way. To some, gifts of healing. The gift of healing. Some people can just help other people. And there's times, there's differences in administrations and there's differences in all of that. Sometimes, it's not always one person that just does all the healing. It's people at the right time, at the right place, who've had the right experience, that God in all of His providence and everything has prepared the whole thing long before it ever came to that point. And this person is a vessel that God can exercise this gift through. And God is glorified because the people that are helped realize that it come from God, not from that person. Now see, it's never to glorify the person and it's never a power that's given to a person. It's the Spirit of God working through the person. Is that clear enough? Spiritual gifts are not some power that God endues some people with to be able to just exercise it at their will. That's not it at all. It's always God working through us. That's why I said twice or three times already, a lot of times the one that's exercising the spiritual gift doesn't even know, isn't even aware of what's going on and what God's doing or even who is being dealt with and helped. Boy, that's the truth. Now, let me tell you, I've learned that in 45 years. The people that are listening are not the people you think are listening. And sometimes the word takes wings and goes somewhere where you never even thought about it going to. Never sent it to. God did it. And God helped somebody and revealed himself to somebody through, through this method right here. So God could do it by himself without our participation. But it's it's just one of the wonderful things about God that He includes us and gives us the opportunity to be a part of what He's doing. How wonderful. And then rewards us for it in eternity for what He did. That's why, we're, that's why the Bible says they cast their crowns at His feet. Who's worthy? Well, the Lamb. That's all. He's the only one. Not everyone can have this gift of healing. Most of those who, are, who do are people who've been sick or wounded in their souls themselves, but found healing from God. Proverbs 15, verse 23, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season how good is it. There's been people say things that didn't even really they they weren't aiming to make a profound influence on anybody. They just said something. Just off the cuff, supposedly. And it affected our lives. Yes. Y'all have anything? I do. I can remember things like that. Just a few words. It just made a drastic difference in my life. And they never even were aware of it. I've had people come to me and say, You said this. And I don't even remember saying it. I don't. But they caught that. The Spirit of God took those words and did something for that person. And and it was through me, but I didn't have nothing to do with it. I don't even remember it. That's the work of the Spirit of God and that's what He does with all of us. Not just preachers. Everybody. Proverbs 25 verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. (coughs) Do we know what to say and when to say it and how to say it right? Not usually. If we're doing it, if we're running under our own battery, we're just liable to say anything—the dumbest thing uh, that ever was. We'll say things that hurt people, and we'll say things that offend people. We'll say things that confuse people. And but when the Spirit of God's working through us. We, know, we say these words sometimes that we don't even... that we didn't uh, design ourselves. It's always God who heals and never a man. By, by Proverbs 103, verses 2 and 3. "'Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, "'who forgiveth all thine iniquities, "'who healeth all thy diseases.'" Now, who heals all of our diseases? The doctors and the hospitals and the medicines and all of that? No, it's not the sorcerers and all of that. It's God. Amen. And God ought to get the glory whenever we're healed. When you get over the kidney stones, Gary, you ought to say, praise God, thank you, Lord, for delivering me. Doctors didn't do nothing for you yesterday, did they? No. But last time it was an ambulance ride and emergency room and all of that, what did they do for you? They sent you a big bill. Yeah, that's right, Stacy. Yeah. And you got over it faster this time than you did last time. So whatever the disease, we're all we're all marvel we marvel that somebody testifies like the man did a couple of weeks ago to me about his pancreatic cancer. You remember me telling you about that? <coughs> But it wasn't the doctors who did it. it. It's never the doctors who did it. We depend on them too much. We put them in too high esteem. We, we bring our God down and replace Him with them. Yes. And we shouldn't do that. Now they can help us and all of that and God can lead us and all, to the right doctor and get help. <laughs> I'm not saying we ought to never go to the doctor or nothing. But if, God healed, if you're healed, you ought to praise mm-hmm. God and yes, thank sir. God for it and yes. give God the glory. Right. Not some doctor. Amen. That's right. um, you don't go off and say, He did it again. You know that good doctor? <laughs> remember that. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, you say, He did it again. Yes. He delivered me again. Jesus. All right, I'm going to read these verses here and I'll quit. I promise. Luke chapter 4, verse 17 through 19. Now, y'all know where this is at? Jesus went in the temple on the Sabbath. And he began his ministry. He asked for the book and they handed him the book and he turned to the book of Isaiah. And this is what he said. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. You all know where it is? Is it Isaiah 61? Yep, that's where it is. And he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's that word of wisdom, word of knowledge. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Not the lepers, not the blind. He didn't say nothing about that. What did he come to heal? The brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. And he wasn't talking about eyesight blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And they all wanted to stone Him. Can you believe that? He was speaking spiritual words and they didn't understand Him. But my point is, you see what He came to heal? (laughs) Yeah. He heals our physical bodies that are defiled and poisoned with this world. But He does it out of His compassion and love. It's not... It's not for the spiritual benefit of anybody because it doesn't profit that way. He came to heal your soul. And that's what spiritual gifts are all about. All of them are about that. It's a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. There's none of the spiritual gifts have anything to do with physical benefits, healing, understanding, anything like that. It's all about understanding God and glorifying God. And helping to bring our soul into union with Him. Amen. Alright, I told you I'd quit. I will. Uh, At least I limited it to four. There's still more, but... all right. Everybody. Well, yeah, it helps me. I've studied this and it's just wonderful to... See how God really is. How can anybody not want God when He's like that? <laughs> and why would He why would He include us in anything that He's doing anyway? I mean that's just a glory, a benefit of His grace. Amen. Alright, bow with me. Father, thank you for the Word of God and thank you for the truth here tonight and these this understanding about spiritual gifts. Please bless it to our hearts, our minds. Help us to keep it. Lord, uh, equip us, use us through Your Spirit to help and edify one another in the, in the way that we're understanding here from these Scriptures. Thank You for writing this down, preserving it for us. After all these centuries and millennia, we can still uh, read and, and understand what You're doing. Help us, Lord, I pray to keep it now. Watch over us going home. Bless this to everybody's heart. In Jesus' name, amen.